Hi there, this is Greg Robertson, Assistant Pastor with Life Church Manila. Just want to welcome you to another life changing, uplifting message from Life Church. Enjoy our podcast. And he said to the disciples, let's go over the other side. So they all hop in the boat to go across to the other side on the Sea of Galilee. Now, I know from people that have gone to uh, Israel and been on the Sea of Galilee that one moment it can be very still and the next moment there can be wind and storm and the waves become very high. And so they're in the boat and I guess they're just cruising along, sailing along and everything is very quiet and peaceful and it'd be nice. But all of a sudden a storm arose and the waves got higher and higher and the wind was blowing. You know, some of the days we've had recently, it's so windy that it nearly blows you over. And the disciples, which oh, I love this, they're just like us. They got really scared. They got really frightened. It's all right to get frightened because we're human. And, and they were looking, where's Jesus? Like, don't they know? Don't, doesn't he care that we're going to perish here? We're going to die. Where is he? And he was sound asleep sound asleep, just resting in God, just asleep. I thought, that's the rest that we need. You know, that's the rest that we need in the midst of the storm. And they called out to him, Jesus, Jesus, you know, don't you care that we're going to die? And he stood up and he said, where's your faith? Like, where's your faith? And that's what I've had to be saying to myself over the last few weeks. Where is your faith? Come on, rise up again. Where's your faith? Stop sucking and get on with it, you know. And he stood up and had said that, he just said, peace be still. And the waves stopped and the, the wind just slowed down and it was peaceful and probably the sun came out. And off they went, just going across to the other side. And I I just think that's such an encouragement to us. Because what I want to um, share a little bit bit today is just my walk over the last probably two months. And, you know, we can't sidestep the storms of life. We can manoeuvre around them. We can ask for his strength. But some storms just come and we've got to go through them. We don't have any, any control over that. And I think the worst thing is that we don't have control. And I love to be in control. I just really love it to know what's going to happen, to know that I'm in control. A doctor said to me one time, you know, you need to take some sleeping tablets. And I said, no. And she said, you like to be in control, don't you? And I said, too right, I do. I like to be in Oh, she said to me, I guess you're not a drinker, are you? And I said, no. And she said, no, you like to be in control. And I thought, yeah, seen too many people who haven't been in control. Not that I think there's anything wrong with whatever you do. Um, So I I, I felt like I was on, you know, like I'm in the water and I was like a duck and I'm serenely, but underneath I'm paddling like mad, you know. I was thinking, God, I don't know what to do. I'm really out of my depth here. I'm out of my comfort zone. I really don't know what to do. So it's, I've got quite a bit of scripture for you today. And if it doesn't apply to you, one day it probably will. That was the best advice given to me when a young Christian. Don't, you know, if, if we say learn this scripture, 
One day it will help you and you will be glad that you drew that scripture and that's the truth. So, and we know others who are in this predicament, you know, they, they're going through a storm and they really don't know which way to turn or what to do. Anyway, the good news is that God knows more about our storm than we do. He knows the end result from where we are now and we don't. You know, we're on the boat and we're, you know, we're saying, Jesus, don't you care? Like, you know, this is going against everything that I believe in. Anyway, good news is he's the answer to all our problems, every problem, <coughs> any problem you have. And he says to us, come unto me, all you who are weary, and I will give you rest. He will give us that rest. Salvation is our rest for a start because when we come to him it opens up a whole new realm of living and life and it's never boring and we can be at rest and he he gives us healing and he gives us deliverance and he gives us direction for our lives like it's amazing you know sometimes people say well you know what's so good about being a Christian everything Like, everything is so good. I don't know what I would do without Jesus in my life. Eternal life, even. You know, eternal life. How good is that? You know, meditate on that for a while. So, Proverbs 10.22 says, The blessing of the Lord, it makes truly rich, and he adds no sorrow with it. Neither does toiling increase it. We, we don't have to work to get the blessings of God. We don't have to work for it because the blessings of God are just there for you. Read the word, find the blessings of God and start to declare them over your own life. It's amazing the things that are in the word if you, if you seek them out. So when the storm's raging, just take a deep breath and settle down and know that God knows more about it than you do. What I found is, and I have found this for many years, that if, I'll say me, because I'm sure not all of you would do this, but if you play the DVD continually in your head about what's wrong, you are giving it oxygen, you're giving it more life, you're making it bigger, you're making it more consuming, you're making it something you think you will never be able to cope with. But if you turn your attention to Jesus and you worship him and you read his word, you will find that the things of the Lord will become much more real to you. The promises of God will hold you and you will actually think less about what is wrong with you. I don't know whether anyone agrees with me on that, but but I say this from experience because I've been there and gone through all the negative stuff like everybody else has. And my particular storm started about six or eight weeks ago. And I woke up one morning, and it was a Sunday morning, and, you know, church today. And I got out of bed, and I said to Alan, I can't go to church today. I can't move my head. I can't move my neck. I've got pain going up through my mouth, through my eyes, to the back of my head, and I can't move. I can't move my head. I can't go up and down. I can't move. And so that was the beginning of it, and it was like, well, what do I do now? You know, like here I am, I've got a house to look after, I've got 
grandchildren and great-grandchildren I adore being with and here I am and I can't really enjoy anything at the moment. I wasn't game to get on the freeway and drive because you've got to be able to swing your head pretty quick, haven't you? So there I was home for two or three weeks. So I did what I usually do when there's a storm that I don't know the way to go. And I've just bought this. Just If you haven't done this, it's, it's great to do it. I bought a little cheap book for $2 in the reject shop and I started writing down all the scriptures that God gave me. And I always read a psalm and a proverb every day and I underline them all, but I started to write them in my journal, which means that you are actually meditating on them while you are writing them in. And they just become alive in a greater way. You can take your little book anywhere, you know. And often, don't you hear something, you hear a sermon or you hear something and you think, oh, I must write that down, but you can't because you've never got a book. And you've never got a pen with you either. And by the time you get up and get it, too late, it's finished, you know. So I've found that actually I've got some real little gems that, are, that I've, you know, that I've found. So David in, in, in Psalm 27, in the last verse, he, he prays. I might open that one up and just read that. He starts off really good saying, The Lord is the li- my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear or dread? The Lord is my refuge and stronghold of my life. On whom shall I be afraid? But then as you go through, it gets, you know, the, his enemies are coming against him and, and he really doesn't know what to do. And he, he goes from being very positive to being full of faith. But then at the end he says... What would have become of me had I not believed to see the Lord's goodness in the land of the living? And then verse 14 is the one. And he's speaking to himself, and I often have to do that. I often have to speak to myself and say, pull yourself together and get on with what you need to do. Wait and hope and expect the Lord. Be brave and of good courage and let your heart be stout and enduring. Yes, wait and hope and expect the Lord. And so I say, Lord, I'm waiting for you. I'm expecting you. I'm, I'm strong in you. I've got courage. And I noticed in my, in my um, side bit, I've got the 30th of the 10th, 79. So back then, something must have really... I needed that word again back then. I probably needed a lot more too. But, you know, like, I just look back and thought, yes, that became real to me quite a while back. So wait and hope and expect the Lord, the hope that we have. I heard a sermon once about hope is the rope, but I didn't have a pen to write down the rest of it. But hope is a rope, you know, and we can pull ourselves with that, with that um, rope. The first scripture that the Lord gave me when I started my little book was Proverbs 4.22. And this is what it said. Let these words not depart from your sight. Keep them in the centre of your heart. For they are life to those who find them, healing and health and medicine to all their flesh. Isn't that great? That was the first one that jumped out at me and I said, oh, Lord, thank you. Thank you, thank you. You know, it was like, oh, I was just so... 
uh, consumed with finding the will of God and finding what direction do I take here, Lord? How do I do it? Are you going to heal me quickly? What's happening? And the word keep in the Hebrew there means guard them, protect the words with everything that you have, value them, value them, don't let them go. They're more important than gold. Remember we used to sing, Lord, you are more precious than silver. Lord, you are more beautiful than gold or the other way around. And the, the words of Jesus really are, they're worth more to us than silver or gold because they bring life and they give us direction. So back to my story. My doctor was away and had told me, you know, just, yes, looks like your neck's frozen, um, you know, just go somewhere. And I thought, oh, well, I'll, I'll do that. I'll go to a chiropractor or something. And then, you know, like even getting to the doctors was a pain. I was crying so often I would just find tears running down my face because it was like a continual migraine, you know. It just went on and on and on. And anyway, I got a different doctor and he said to me, no, don't go anywhere yet. Get an x-ray. I want you to have an x-ray. So I went and had an x-ray and he said, oh, I think you better have another x-ray. And I went, oh, really? You better go and have a CT scan. And, of course, in the meantime, you've got to wait days before you can see them again. So I went and had a, T, a CT scan and went back and he said, well, look, the good news is it's not as bad as I thought. There's nothing nasty in your head. It's coming from your neck and your spine. And there was an A4 page with about that much printing on it about what was wrong with my, my neck and my head and everything else. So, you know, that was just the beginning of it. And I thought, well, God, what do I do now? And he said, what do you want to do? And I said, well, I think I would like to see a physio because they won't really advise you. They don't want to advise you. And then I, and then he, I said, I go to Chisholm Street and I said, can you recommend one? Thinking he would say, no, look, I'm sorry, we really can't do that. And he said, yes, I recommend. And he told me who to see and turned out he's a sports physio. And so like, he was the one that I really needed to see. And I mean, I just thank God that he led me to that person with the expertise to actually say to me, there is hope, you are frozen up. If you had had, it, if you had to come to physio years ago, you wouldn't be in this position, but you are. So, you know, I'm going to help you here. So praying for God's wisdom and direction is really great because it, it might take you on a path that you mightn't think because I would sooner be healed like that. <laughs> I would sooner say, Lord, just do it now and let me get on with it. You know, I don't want to go through this. And, you know, but I still pray the word. I mean, sometimes I would pray it three times a day. I mean, I can pray for an hour just going through the words and putting my name in them. And if you can't pray, just get the word of God out. Find something that applies to your family, your children, your job or whatever and pray it with your name in it and you'll find it so easy to do that. My, my day-to-day life was very restricted. So Alan did the vacuuming and <laughs> made the bed and you know he did a lot of the little things that I couldn't get down and do because of my head and my neck. And I was even offered home care. And I said, no, no, I'm not having home care. You know, like, I'm trusting God for this. If I need home care one day, yeah, I'll have it. It'd be good, actually. But no, I'm, I'm trusting you, God. And then, you know, when God gives you a word and he quickens it to you, 
It's personal to you, and it's his spirit saying to you, do this, you know, follow through with this. And God hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. And the sound mind actually means, well, one of the words is discipline. Like, discipline, discipline yourself. You know, discipline yourself. It's going to hurt while you exercise. Sure it will. But then I'm crying without exercise. So, you know, to, to discipline myself and do what I'm told to do is going to bring the healing. And with God's word behind me, I can't go wrong. So it was like all of a sudden that hope just rose in me. The word of God brought that, um, that word to me. And a couple of weeks ago I was watching... Um, a Sid Roth podcast. I don't know whether any of you watch Sid Roth. I just love it. It's super, what is it? It's naturally supernatural or something like that. And he had someone on it called Steve Hannett. And because I had my little book, I could actually write it down when he said something that I thought was really good. And he said, the Bible is not just a book. It is a treasure. Do you ever think of the book that you've got, it's a treasure. You know, people in countries, communistic countries or whatever, they would give anything to have a book. They have a page of the book and they memorise the book and they share and they hide to worship, you know. It's a treasure, he said. The Bible is not just a book. It is a treasure. And it contains the mind and the heart the heartbeat of God. The word is alive. When God said, let there be light, he was saying, let my presence be there. Isn't that great? Let my presence be there. So think of the darkest place, the darkest place you can be in. And God will say, let there be light. His presence will come into that place where you are. And it'll be like turning on the chandeliers and you know, that it'll be great and you'll be able to cope again and you'll be able to see light at the end of the tunnel and it won't be a train coming, you know. That's where I was just about, you know, like, God, what's happening to me here? I, I, I mean, okay, that's just so I've got a friend of mine who says, never say getting older, say more mature. <laughs> like, I'm getting more mature. But I've got too much I want to do and and too many kids I want to enjoy and, you know, I'm not going to sit back here and get frozen in a corner, you know. So God is with us. His spirit is with us. Where we are, there is light. There really is light. 2 Timothy 3.16 says, and this is my uh, paraphrasing, all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. So his word covers everything that we need to live a good life, to live a successful life, to keep us out of trouble, you know. We need to be teaching these things to our children, you know. I talk to my littlies that aren't in Christian families at the moment about about Jesus. Sometimes they look at me like, what do you want about? But I do it and I pray with them, you know. I had two of them recently and um, the nine-year-old goes to a Catholic school and, and, you know, he learned to pray, I think, the Our Father, the first week he was in school. 
And so I don't know what happened, but I said to him, Coop, can I pray for you tonight? And he said, oh, all right, manager, okay. So I, and he shut his eyes, you know, and I prayed for him and he sat up and he hugged me and he said, thank you, Nana, thank you for that. You know, gave me a li- really big hug and a kiss and then his little sister who's six. I said, could I? oh, that's right, she was telling me about nightmares and I said, well, would you like me to pray for her? She went, oh, okay. If you really have to, if you if you really have to, so she lay there, and I always play with my eyes open, and she's looking at me like, "What are you doing? You know, what are you doing?" And I'm saying, "Jesus, just give her sweet sleep, and no man, no more nightmares, just your presence." And she's smiling away, and then at the end, she said, "Well, thank you," <laughs> but it was so different, you know. Not, oh, not thank you, Nana. It was just, oh well, this is what Nana does, you know. So you know, like we just do what we do, and and put the word in when we can, and. And show them the way to do it, you know, to say grace. And I mean, we don't say grace all the time, I forget. But, you know, to say grace when you've got the kids there and, and to show them a better way. I, I was watching Tally one night, I think again it was Angel TV or something on God TV, and something just, oh, it just excited me so much. And it was Australian, um, God, Australian Angel TV. And it was a beautiful worship time, fantastic. Darlene Check was singing. And then they said, oh, um, long-term um, announcement toward the end of the year, there's going to be a camp for children, 9 to 12, a prophetic camp, a prophetic camp teaching them to prophesy. And I thought, how good is that? Aren't we at a time when our children need to learn how to prophesy? They need to learn how to bring encouragement to one another. You know, it's, I've seen little children prophesy and it stands the hair up on the back of your neck because you just know that it's God. You know, when you go, oh, whoa, God, that is you. Now, often I've spoken about Rick Renner. And some of you I know have uh, read his word. He's a pastor in Russia. He's um, he's very, what would I say, he knows Hebrew and he knows the Greek and he's into archaeology and he's just a, a brilliant man and he, he writes fantastic commentaries on things. And again, I had my book with me when I read this other book. And this is what he said. Number one, the written word actually contains within it the presence, the life, the breath, and the spirit of God. I mean, this, when, we, when we read the word of God, that's what we've got, you know? Two, it's inspiration. It's God breathing his very own breath and presence into something. I mean, how good is that? <clears throat> The written word is the highest form of revelation that is available to man today. That I thought, yeah, that's right. Remember, I think last time I preached, I preached how you know God revealed to Job the treasure, the snow, that every snowflake was different and every fingerprint of man was different. And it, it shocked the world and... Um, and police stations and, you know, the main one in England said, no, that can't be true, like, you know. But then everything he said was true and about the sound waves. I mean, that revelation was there. 
that the earth was round. That revelation was in the Bible when people thought they would fall off the other end of it. You know, how much more is in there? I just think, God, how much more is in there? Number four, this is available to us, to anyone who will read the word, study the word and pray over it. I mean, it's like a smorgasbord. Like, it's like everything that we could ever need in this life is being spread out in front of us and sometimes we go oh I'm really tired I won't I don't think I'll pray today or something you know and I think what happens too is that when we become uh, when we become ill and when you're in continual pain the enemy will whisper in your ear and he'll say to you well how could you ask God to heal you because you haven't you didn't even pray today you know, you're saying some scriptures, but, you know, you haven't really prayed. And you had that thought the other day, that wasn't very nice, was it? And, you know, you didn't get to church on Sunday, did you? And, you know, those words will come and we think that it's ourselves thinking them. But it's the enemy trying to snatch away that word of God, that hope that comes. You know, that's, you know when, when we recognise our, our need for God in a greater way in whatever it is, there will always come a backlash to you. There will always come the enemy because he doesn't want you to find out how powerful and majestic and marvellous Jesus is. He doesn't want you to rely on Jesus. He wants you, you know, he comes to bring death and Jesus comes to bring life and freedom. <clears throat> and then in Colossians 2.14, I'm not reading a lot of it, it, said, it says... He nailed all that was against us to the cross. God nailed everything that was against you to the cross on the body of Jesus. Every sin, every thought, every sickness, everything was put on the body of Jesus. And that was done for us. That doesn't have to be done again. That doesn't have to be another sacrifice. I think I, I mentioned once before I saw a movie um, it was a Johnny Cash movie, and it was years ago. And at the very end of it, it had um, Jesus on the cross and then superimposed over the top of it. It had all the generations passing through the cross from way back, you know, in Bible times, 2,000 years ago, right through to the present age. All the generations were passing through the cross because it was a one-off sacrifice and you are worthy and we live in the grace of God. We don't live under the law where you've done something wrong, you're out. You know, the law brought us, the law made us concentrate on sin. The grace of God makes us concentrate on Jesus and concentrate on the word of God. And as we concentrate on his word, we become less likely to sin because we're thinking about Jesus. So the grace of God is absolutely wonderful. And it says here, having disarmed principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. So you're qualified today to ask Jesus for whatever your need is, whatever the need is. You are qualified because of the death of Jesus. Not because you're good enough, but Jesus is good enough. His blood avails for you and he makes you good enough, you know, because we all know that we're not worthy, 
but God makes us worthy. And, you know, we used to sing too, when um, I'm covered over with the precious blood of Jesus and he lives in me. And when God looks at me, he sees Jesus. He sees Jesus. So when he looks at you, he doesn't see anything but Jesus. And he loves you. But he can't love you anymore. It doesn't matter what you do. He can't love you anymore. Even before you're saved, he can't love you anymore because he doesn't want you to be without Jesus. There's just so much in the word that just, it just thrills your heart when you start um, reading it. Proverbs one thirty three, But whosoever hearkens to me shall dwell securely and in confident trust and shall be quiet without fear or dread. Isn't that great? In perfect trust. That was Jesus in the boat. Jesus was asleep in the boat and he was just in confident trust of God that nothing would happen that God didn't want to happen to him and he had no fear and he had no dread. And his mercies are new to us every day, you know. Every day we get up in the morning and his mercies are just so new to us. And it's a good thing when you get up in the morning, you know, sometimes you look in the mirror and you go, oh, no, I think I will put some makeup on today, you know. I'll do something. Um, yeah, <clears throat> I can remember when I used to wear contact lenses. It looked really good till I put the contact lenses in. And then I'd go, oh, no, I think I will put the makeup on. But look in the mirror and declare over your body the healing and the health of God, that we can walk in health and we can walk in healing and speak over him. I think it's in Psalm 29, it says, he gives his people unyielding and impenetrable strength and he blesses his people with peace. So if you get up and you're feeling a bit like, oh no, you know, speak that over yourself. Lord, look, you know that scripture has held me through some traumas you wouldn't believe. Lord, your word says you've given me unyielding and impenetrable strength and you're blessing me with peace. Thank you, I take that. I stand strong, I take that. The word of God will hold you. It'll just hold you like nothing else can. It's just amazing. <clears throat> And, and they, I mean, I've written down, I mean, I don't know, dozens of scriptures. You know, I've just picked out a few here. In Psalm 9 and verse 10, I, I preach um, amplified. That's because I'm pretty wordy. I like the amplified. They who know your name and have experience and acquaintance with your mercy, we know his name. We're acquainted with his mercy, aren't we? will confidently put their trust in you. So we can confidently today put our trust in him because we know his mercy, we're acquainted with his name, we're acquainted with his mercy. You have not forsaken those who seek the authority of God's word. You'll not forsake those who seek the authority of God's word. I've been seeking the authority of God's word and you can seek the authority of God's word because we're all equal in God. Like There's no one any better than, than God. I'm no better than anyone else. So if it works for me, it'll work for you. So all those who seek the, of the authority of God's word and the right of their necessity. See, it covers it all, doesn't it? 
what's, what do you need today? What was the, the rights of my necessity? The right of my necessity was that the Lord said, he is my healer. On the cross, he was wounded. He was, his, his body was, was whipped, you know, for my healing. So on the necessity of my need, I call a demand upon that word because I need to be healed, Lord. I need to be whole for your glory. You know, not for my glory, although it makes life easier, but, you know, for your glory, Lord. Psalm 42, I'll just read a little bit. We have time. Sometimes I get too much and then I have to cut it out, so I I didn't really put it all in. Um, This is in Psalm 42. And on, on, on the top of that, I've written deep desire. It's deep desire for God. And it says, as the heart pants and longs for the water brook, so I pant and I long for you. You know, when you're in a desperate place... You're longing for God. You're panting for God. Like, God, if you don't turn up, what am I going to do? You know, like, what am I going to do? And, you know, the imagery there is of the deer running away from the hunter and the dogs because they're chasing the deer. And so the deer pants for the water because he gets in the middle of the river and they lose scent. He can get around the bend of the river and there is no scent. When we get in the river of God, when we get in his presence, we're surrounded. The blood of Jesus has washed us clean. The blood of Jesus is there and the devil cannot do what he wants to do with us because of the blood of Jesus. You know, like, how good is that? And it says, my inner inner self thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and behold the face of God? You know, and then he says, my tears have been my food day and night. While men say to me, where is your God? You know, and don't we feel that? We feel, God, what will people say? You know, they'll say, oh, you haven't got healed or whatever. But God gives us ways to come through that. Sometimes it's a miraculous supernatural healing other times it's strength that our life is increased you know and we have the strength of God and he shows us different ways and then he says these things I earnestly remember and I pour myself out and then he starts to think about the times that he was with God and sometimes I think about the anointing years and how exciting it was you know to pray for people and they're on the floor and you tell someone at work and they go oh I've got shivers you know oh that sounds so good it was like God was just flowing through us and and I I just pray gosh the next revival is going to be amazing even better but then he said why are you cast down O my inner self and why should you moan moan over me why should you moan over me and be disquieted within me and then he says hope you in God and wait expectantly yes I will praise But then he goes back into it again, you know, like he's so human, he goes back into it. And then he says, roaring deep calls to roaring deep at the thunder of your water spouts. All your breakers and your rolling waves have gone over me. But then he says, yet the Lord will command your kindness to me and in the the night your song will be with me. 
And then he says, I will say to God, why have you forgotten me? Like, you know, he was just a little bit up and down, up and down here. And then at the end, like I read before, why are you cast down, O my inner self? And why should you moan over me and be disquieted within me? Hope in God and wait expectantly for him, for I shall yet praise him who is the help of my countenance and my judge. Um, John 1.14, the word became flesh. Jesus, the word was with God. Jesus was with God. They created the world. And then that word became flesh. And that word now that we have here is the written word of God. Hebrews 4.12, for the word of God is living, alive, full of power, making it active, operative, energising, effective. It is sharper than a two-edged sword. And the two-edged sword can be God's word coming out of your mouth. And it becomes a two-edged sword and it cuts through the things that you need it to cut through, especially when you need to speak it over yourself. I pray over myself a lot. I declare over myself. I, I you know, I say, God... You know, you see me and, and I'm thanking you that I stand here and, and, you know, thank God for all the good things in our life, you know. And, you know, psychologists use these things. When I was working, I would be having a consult with a psychologist about a family and I would find that they were saying things that were actually in the word of God, but they didn't know it. They didn't know it. Now, my last example is just a little testimony of what a friend shared with me. A few of us were praying together last Friday week. And at the very end, someone said, oh, what are you going to preach on? I said, oh, I've got to preach on the power in the word of the Lord. And she said, oh, let me share a testimony. And then she said, a family member, she had been witnessing for years to this family member. And the family member would have nothing to do with it. I'm an atheist. I've always been an atheist. I don't need God. No, no, no. I'd get really agitated. They got word that he was in hospital and he was he was not going to last. You better come and say goodbye. So they went in and she went up to him and she said, you know, I've spoken to you about this before, about making Jesus your saviour. And, and he got really angry. He said, I've told you. No, I don't want to hear that. So she tried another way. no. And so the husband said, come on, we'll just go and, you know, bless you. And she got to the door and the Lord said to her, John 3.16. And she went back to him and she said, These are the, this is the last time I will say that this is God's word to you. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whosoever believed in him will not perish but have everlasting life. And his countenance changed and he smiled And he said, yes, the word of God. All her words were to no avail. Sometimes we've just got to say the word of God. And I I mean, that just really, really, you know, it just thrilled my heart. So today, you know, I would just ask, you know, do you dare to trust him? Do you dare to get into the word and say, God, prove yourself to me? Do you dare to do that? If you're not a Christian, it's the most exciting life. And it's no, you know, like it's just Jesus. Yes, I want you in my life and he's there with you. His word is eternal. Jesus is the answer. And yes, you can't do it. And James 5 says, 
The earnest, heartfelt, continued prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power available, dynamite, in its working. How good is that? So it was so good to speak today. And the, the worship was just such a beautiful thing this morning that, you know, you stand up to work to speak the word and it's just God's there you know so thank you for listening and God bless you thanks Pastor Darrell thanks Ian (laughs) thank you Jill isn't it just so true and I just want to just give everyone an opportunity if you want to respond to that message this morning just come out the front the prayer team, they'll be around and they'll come out and pray with you. If you want to give your heart to the Lord because something touched you when you, when you heard what she was t- saying, put, you know, just come out. Talk to someone. Talk to the person who brought you. Or if you didn't, just talk to someone, anyone. But don't leave this morning without being reconciled to the Lord. Right? Just don't leave this morning. You've been listening to Life Church Podcasts. For more information, head to lifechurchbanella.com.au.